Well, welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is just Ariel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so happy now. Can I can I tell them what we're gonna be getting you soon? What are you getting me soon? So <clears throat> Ariel's Xbox controller totally just flat out broke. Took a poop. Took a poop. So we decided to get online <laughs> and build her a special Xbox controller. It was only hers. And she added her name at the bottom. And it says, just Ariel. Yeah. Legit it does. <laughs> I was laughing earlier because when I said took a poop, I, my mind went to my controller turned into a Korok seed. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, he's... He's not lying. My controller, my custom controller that I'll eventually get. It says just Ariel on it. I asked her what nickname you wanted. Just Ariel. <laughs> so fitting and perfect. It really is. Um, well, all that aside, we're going to talk about one of Ariel's favorite things. Dragons. Dragons. Release the dragons. <laughs> so... Let's, I guess, just dive into this, right? No, we're going to fly into this. Oh, boy. Glide into it sometimes. Some would even say soar. Or roar. I was in a good mood, and now I'm not. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, I'm going to give a brief overview, and then Ariel is going to actually tell us all about the dragons in the Legends of Zelda series. Because this is her favorite topic, so she's going to talk all about it. So, dragons. <laughs> so, as we know, dragons are a reoccurring race in the Legend of Zelda series, uh, and they are no different than their fantasy counterparts for the most part. The dragons come in many different shapes and sizes. Some are more of a European design, where others are more of a Chinese or Japanese design. However, though they differ in their looks, they all are incredibly similar in their massive, overwhelming power. <laughs> Some of the dragons you may be familiar with, if your first game is Breath of the Wild, will be Dinral, Farash, and Nadra. Uh, but there are other dragons in the series, such as Valu, and we have... Uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, he's the dragon in the Death Mountain. Uh, Volvagia, yes. What's so Vol his name? He's the dragon. Uh, he's the dragon. And uh, yeah, I can't. I, I brain farted. So yeah, Volvagia. There's tons of dragons. Uh, a little bit of more into the overview, though. Dragons have been around since the first Legend of Zelda game, and have since then appeared in nine other Legend of Zelda games such as Zelda 2, Adventure of Link, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Phantom Hourglass, Skyward Sword, and of course, Triforce Heroes, and Breath of the Wild. Why'd you roll your eyes at me on that one? Because I thought you were sighing because I was like, and of course, and I was, I was trying to bait you into... But the wild was after. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Didn't even roll my eyes, but or sigh or <sighs> whatever this time. <laughs> so their powers vary from species to species. 
or specific dragon to dragon, I should say. Uh, anywhere from fire, lightning, ice to wind, water. Their abilities are vast and varying from each other immensely. But the one thing they all do share is they typically live in areas in which their element would thrive. And I say typically because Valu is kind of on the cusp of that one. And Ariel will go more into that. Um, but yeah, so that's a pretty much rundown on dragons. Other than they're not always friendly. In fact, it's only been a few of the dragons out of the mass majority of them you have to talk about tonight that have actually been friendly. Most of them are enemies or enemy variations. No. No. But, nonetheless, I think it's time for uh, Ariel to start talking about dragons. Yep, they're dragons. Lots of them. They're pretty cool, too. Oh, my God. The end. No, you're not getting out of that easy. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually going to do something a little different this time. Because I'm trying to like spark Aaron's creative thinking. <laughs> so I'm not going to do the interpretation corner this episode. Don't worry, it will return. As I, you know, can't get away from doing interpretations. But this episode, I thought, you know what? I'm making Aaron do it. <laughs> I've given him a list of the dragons that I'm covering in this episode, and he came up with his own interpretations for it. So, let's begin. Oh, so our first dragon is Barbara. I wish I was a unicorn. Barbara? Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Barbara. I wish I was a unicorn. Is Barbara. <laughs> So, Barba appears in The Adventures of Link. Barba is sometimes called Volvagia, though it's different than Volvagia in Ocarina of Time. Barba guards a statue within the Three-Eye Rock Palace located in Eastern Hyrule. Link must place a crystal in the statue to be able to break the binding force, given that all six crystals have been returned. And this is the final crystal he needs to return. Barba rises from one of the three lava pools. It's a fire-based dragon using its fire breath to attack. Its only vulnerability is its head. Barba will use its attacks to try and knock Link into the lava. The sword and jump magic is pretty effective against the dragon, and the jump thrust is pretty good as well, but is risky as it's easy to fall into the lava. So in the original Japanese version for the NES, Barba looks like a traditional Eastern dragon. Barba had a long serpentine body and no wings. In the international release, Barba was changed to look more like a, the traditional Western dragon. So Barba was made wider and shorter and given an animated body and head. The official artwork is the original appearance. So the more Eastern dragon. Barba is also more vocal in the Japanese version 
constantly roaring throughout the battle. So. That one was... It took me a long time to understand what the heck was going on when I found out about those two differences. <laughs> I finally understood in my teen years. was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, curtailing to the market. and I know, to be honest, I like the more eastern dragon look of Barba. The, yeah. the original. Yeah. So I do have some fun facts. You want to hear them? Always. Yeah. So Barba is likely a shortening of its Japanese name Barubaja. Oh? Barba. Barbara. Barba is known as Volvagia in the NES Remix 2 and the Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia. Why they named Barba Volvagia, I don't know. So, yeah, there really wasn't much on Barba. I couldn't really find a lot of background information, some origin stories or anything about Barba. So, that's that. Barbara. Barbara. <clears throat> so you ready for the next one? I am. Snake, really mad because fire hurts. <laughs> I like it. So Snake and everything else Aaron said, because I forgot, <laughs> is Volvagia, the actual Volvagia. So Volvagia appears in Ocarina of Time. Volvagia resides in the Fire Temple, which is located deep inside the Death Mountain Crater. Volvagia's purpose is to make sure no one gets into the Fire Temple and to set an example to every race on why they shouldn't revolt against Ganondorf by being fed Gorons that went against him. Poor Gorons. I love Gorons. Volvagia is a large, red-orange-bellied, snake-like dragon with two arms with three fingers each and large curved horns. Volvagia has a fiery mane that starts at the back of its head and behind the rock-like mask on its face. Volvagia has no wings. This particular dragon is a very hungry dragon and its most favorite meal that it could never get enough of is Gorons. This was great for Vivagia since this ancient dragon lived in the depths of Death Mountain and essentially acted as the spirit of the mountain. The Gorons didn't like this very much, as to be expected. So a hero rose from the Gorons and slayed Vivagia using the Megaton Hammer, and peace was restored to the Gorons for a little bit. <laughs> Ganondorf comes along during the events of Ocarina of Time and once again ruins everyone's day. He reanimates Volvagia and tells it, here, live in the Fire Temple. If you keep everyone out, eh, I'll feed you your most favorite meal. You don't have to hunt or anything. I'll just you know, drop them off to you. Easy peasy. So, of course, Volvagia obliges, as it's a pretty sweet deal for itself. 
So Darunia, a descendant of the hero of the Gorons, sets off to defeat Volvagia. He unfortunately didn't take the Megaton Hammer along with, but met up with his dear friend Link at the Fire Temple. Darunia asked Link to free his people who were locked up in prison cells throughout the temple, waiting to be fed to Volvagia. Link encountered Volvagia after fulfilling Darunia's request and defeated the dragon for good. Hopefully. So far. <laughs> Volvagia's attacks are its fire breath, lava rock shower, slashes, and contact on both ground and air. There isn't a known weak point. However, Volvagia is definitely weak to the Megaton Hammer. The sword is also effective against Volvagia, but not near as much as the hammer is. And that's what I've got on Volvagia. I do have some fun facts, though. I am so ready for these. Ready for some fun facts. So Volvagia and King Dodongo are the only two bosses in Ocarina of Time to have a special battle theme. You get your own battle music. Ooh! <laughs> The battle agents of Volvagia is very similar to Barba, as they both are large serpent dragons that can pop out from holes and spew fire. I loved playing whack-a-mole with this. <laughs> That's basically what it was. It was a game of whack-a-mole with the hammer and the snake. So in the N6 the Nintendo 64 version, Volvagia is once referred to as a he. This was fixed in Ocarina of Time 3D. Volvagia does not have a gender. And I know I covered this one before, but I'm gonna cover it again. Because dragons, that's why. An R-wing was used to test Volvagia's flight patterns. I still think that's the coolest fact so I far. I know, it is pretty cool. What's even cooler is the fact that if you have a game shark, you can actually make a lot of things in Ocarina of Time 3D back into the R-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Valu is suggested to be Volvagia's descendant in the Hyrule Historia. Volga shares many similarities with Volvagia. Similar names both use fire, and Volga's helmet resembles Volvagia's skull. Mm-hmm. Volga can also take on a dragon form, which resembles Volvagia. So, there's that. Volvagia's roars were reused from Queen Goma. Really? Yep. Huh. The manner in which Volvagia dies was later reused with twin mold in Majora's Mask and Molgara in Wind Waker. <laughs> they liked Volvagia's death so much they reused it. <laughs> you know, I never put two and two together until now, and yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that is the epic Volvagia. Hmm. What you got for the next one, Aaron? <clears throat> so, this is one of my personal favorites, just because I love his personality. Uh, Red Pete the Dragon. 
Red Pete the Dragon. I love it. That would be Valoo. Valoo. <laughs> so Valoo appears in The Wind Waker. He lives on top of Dragon Roost Mountain on Dragon Roost Island, which is northeast of the Great Sea. He is the patron deity sky spirit of the Rito that live there. Valu only speaks the ancient Hylian language, so only a few people can actually understand him. His assistant, Medley, having a lot of trouble sometimes. <laughs> when the Rito children come of age, he will grant them their wings by giving them one of his scales. He also protects them from harm. Prior to the events of the Wind Waker, Valu's attendant was Prince Komali's grandmother. She looked after him and spoke fluent Hylian, fully understanding everything Valu said. Unfortunately, she passed away due to unknown circumstances. Sad. I know. So during the events of the Wind Waker, Valu is an angry boy. He's being tortured by Goma. And a fit of rage starts throwing massive temper tantrums. And what Goma is actually doing is grabbing his tail, which tethers him to the ground. That's why he's so mad. <laughs> Poor Valoo. I know. And his outbursts cause boulders to crash down the mountain, breaking the bridge leading to Dragon Roost Cavern and plugging up a nearby spring. This prevents young Rito from reaching him to receive their scale that allows them to grow their wings. So no more Rito's flying. Well, no more young Rito's getting to fly. So they just turn back into Zora. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... Link comes along and saves the day, defeating Goma, which stops Valu's rampage. Valu is happy again and recognizes Link as a true hero. He helps Link out for saving him by telling him to use the Wind God's Wind and sending Quill to tell Link where the water spirit Jaboon is. Valu later rescues Link and Tetra with the help of Kamali and Quill, just before getting defeated by Ganondorf. Kamali and Quill get the two to safety, and Valu unleashes a massive fire blast at Ganondorf's viewing platform in an attempt to end him. He knows it's not enough, though, as he tells the talking sailboat such before he leaves. The talking sailboat. <laughs> oh my god. So, Valu is a red long neck dragon that has wings. However tiny they are. They're still wings. He has a friendly personality until Goma came along. Though he goes right back to being friendly once Goma's defeated. And once again, this dragon's attacks are fire-based. So we get another fire dragon. Fire dragon. And that's Baloo. 
So you ready for your next one? Uh, yes, after I say some fun little facts oh. about Baloo. You know I always bring my little interesting facts. So within the code of the Minish Cap, three unused panes of stained glass exist. One of them depicting Baloo. My boy. Oh, my boy. I wish they would have used those panes of glass. So, Valu resembles a character from Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, named Hooktail. <laughs> she is a large red dragon with very small wings and a hook on her tail. It's possible Hooktail was inspired by Valu. I do remember Hooktail. I just never put those two together. And it's bad because I played. Wind Waker, and then Thousand Year Door. So, <laughs> so it's possible Valu is also a descendant of Elden from Skyward Sword. They are both dragon deities associated with fire and reside on volcanic mountains. So it's a possibility. Hmm. So dragons don't have a... Um, I guess dragons don't have an alignment chart for each other then. There's always one bad egg. <laughs> Elden and Vavagia, you know. Oh, Elden's good. Yeah, but is not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's one bad egg. <laughs> Vavagia was just a bad egg. All right. Last one before mid-break. What you got for me? <clears throat> Armored pterodactyl. Armored pterodactyl. I love it. This is an armored pterodactyl called... Argorok. Exactly. <laughs> and oh my gosh, this boss fight. I. Argorok. Okay, I don't like Argorok, but. Because he's bad. But I do really like the appearance of Argorok. Yes. Is one of my favorite of the LOZ dragons, appearance wise. Alright, so let me get started into this dragon. So, Argorok appears primarily in Twilight Princess, which we're about to talk about. Yes. Though does make appearances in Hyrule Warriors and Hyrule Warriors Legends. Mm-hmm. Argorok was sent by Zaunt to terrorize the Uka and wreak havoc on the city in the sky, which is located above Hyrule in the heavens. Argorok is a red-orange wyvern covered in black armor. Armor pterodactyl. Yep. It's massive in size with two legs that have four razor-sharp talons and two large wings. It also has a long hook tail. Not much is known about the history of Argorok. During the events of Twilight Princess, it was sent by Zaunt to deal with the Uka and the city in the sky. It can be seen prior to battle above the city flying overhead. I will say that was probably one of the most intimidating things for me. Seeing that thing flying overhead, I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So its attack methods are fire breath and creating wind gusts to blow anyone away. Primarily trying to blow Link off of platforms. Its weaknesses are its back, the double claw shots, and sword. 
and equipping Link with the iron boots will help with the wind gusts. Yes, I learned that after the third time I started the <laughs> boss fight. So that is basically, like I said, I couldn't find much on Argorok. I found what I could on, on it. So, But I do have a couple little fun facts. So Argorok is a play on Argo, an archaic term for the ancient Greeks, whose architecture the city in the sky resembles. And Rock, R-O-K, which is a term used in the series for dragon enemies. Which will, I'll kind of go into a little bit more of that. R O K. R O C K. That's what I was thinking of. That's I couldn't. I was like, why am I? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it may also be a play on Kargarok, a similar, more common enemy that resembles a bird. A bird. And the last little fun fact I have for this. Wyvern is this would also imply that Argorok is a regular Kargorok mutated by the mirror shard. Oh, okay. Hmm, makes you think, huh? I try not to think too much because then it makes my brain hurt. Well, I have plenty more interpretations to go, but I think it's time for us to go to a mid-break. Roar! <laughs> Get. 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 But here we are, Ariel, in the middle of the show. I was finishing eating a cookie, and I didn't <laughs> want to chew into the mic because nobody wants to hear me eating a cookie. Uh, and no, Nina, this is not a cookie that he made me because he has yet to still make me cookies. That's not true. I made you cookies and I accidentally burnt them. Yeah, they were hard as a rock. They were terrible cookies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about cookies. Darn. We're here to talk about dragon shaped cookies. No, thank our patrons. Oh, yeah. 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 You do this every time. <laughs> so, we have to thank our patrons, such as our golden goddess level patrons. Kex and Maple Flapjacks. And I, I do want to add a little tidbit here. Um, I am I have sent out uh, their lovely little six-month patron gift. And it is a little necklace from uh, from one of our episodes long ago from the Etsy shop where it has tattle and tail inside of a little bottle. I know. It's super cute. I know. I want one. So uh, you'll have to post pictures uh, in the um, Discord chat when you get them. So I'm excited to see them. <laughs> to see them? You, you saw I know. I saw them for like a good two weeks. But <laughs> but anyway, we also have to thank our high royalty patrons, James Becker and Chaotic Demon. And then, of course, our Sheikah level patrons. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> I'm ready. Foil Grimir. We are Legion... Wolf Warrior 1869. And next up, our Kokiri patrons Dead Eye, Dead Socks, Jumanji, Preston Balagad, and Remington Cloutier. And of course, we can't forget our lovely fairy patrons such as Doug Leamy, Metal Dragon, and Paul Kelso. 
So thank you to our patrons. Yes, thank you, patrons. We greatly appreciate it. And we also greatly appreciate you listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. I know I say the same line every time, Mm -hmm. but it's the truth. So I stick with what's good. (laughs) In all honesty, yes, we love you all. Uh, We appreciate our patrons. We appreciate our listeners. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about the lovely people that support this show. I cannot. What I can say is what they say to us in emails and in reviews. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. This one comes to us from, this is an email. These are all emails. And hopefully we're, we're just about through with the emails and we'll get back to the iTunes reviews because I am getting a lot of iTunes review pings. (laughs) (laughs) And I thank you for them. But anyway, this one comes to us from Devin TC. And Devin writes, Hey there, Aaron and Ariel. I just wanted to say that your podcast is absolutely awesome. I've listened to all the episodes so far. All 37 of them. I've played the Ocarina of Time 3D, Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening, Skyward Sword, and Age of Calamity. I really enjoy Breath of the Wild because it's a game that can go on forever and really enjoy the open world games but i wish the champions had more screen time which is why i really enjoyed age of calamity your podcast is absolutely amazing and i really like how sarcastic ariel is it's quite funny (laughs) well you know it's something i was born with my favorite character is for sure master koga for some reason My favorite boss is when you fight Bongo Bongo in the Shadow Temple. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. It's quite all right. (laughs) You should listen to Aaron ramble. I know. That's rambling. Also, I have a theory. What if the goddess slash god of death you talked about in the Tears of the Kingdom podcast is Fierce Deity Link? It's not the best theory, but I thought it was cool. Hmm. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool. It's not really... I can't say it's not really likely. I can't guesstimate on this one it would be cool though that would be pretty it would cool. really cool nice little twist there <laughs> what a twist <laughs> anyway thanks for making such an awesome podcast also check out this loz merch i found ready for this ariel yep this is a legend of zelda tears of the kingdom breath of the wild bomb night light 3d printed room decor I need this. This isn't even a want. This is I need. Oh, that is so cool. It is. It really is. That looks just like the bomb. It does. It does. And it it's blue and everything. And it is a fully functioning nightlight. It's awesome. This is a need, not want. A need. So you can get this from 3D Filament Fun on Etsy. And, of course, link will be in the show notes. But it is only a whopping, you ready for this, Ariel? Just for you, $18. Yes. Even amount. Yes. Okay, Uh, now it's even more of a need. And it's a good store. It has a 4.8 rating. So, pretty solid. But we'll have the link in the show notes for you. Uh, That gives me our next lovely little email. Are you ready? I think instead of making the leak sound effects in this, I should make dragon sound effects. Ooh. 
I don't know if our next listener is going to like that. Why? Well, because they're the reason you have to put link sounds. <laughs> so <clears throat> this one comes to us from Hylian422. And it says, I am he who caused the link sounds. Sorry, not sorry, Ariel. <laughs> wow. wow. Anywho, I had a thought regarding the Beatle episode. Ariel, I believe you said that Beatle's actual name is Terry. If I recall correctly, then I have no choice but to make a connection to the location in Breath of the Wild known as Terrytown. Considering how many different connections Breath of the Wild makes to the Zelda games, whether it be direct names or single letter changes, I find it hard to believe this is not the case. And I will 100% support you. I believe it is the case as well. Yes. <laughs> Thanks again for the great show, Highland422. P.S. Will you consider doing an episode on the Legend of Zelda show? Oh, it's going to happen. We're going to do the cartoon. As much as I don't want to, we're going to do it. <laughs> And I may have something special. If I can figure out how to make it work, we may do a um, a Discord watch party with our patrons when that comes out. So that'll be exciting. That would be a a lot of fun, actually. We should try and figure that out. Oh, my God. I'm going to work on it in the next couple months. So that one being said, we have yet another one. You ready? This one comes to us from JJ Wolf. And it says, Hi, Lorecast. I just wanted to say that you have one of the best podcasts ever. Every week, I always look forward to listening to you. I like how enthusiastic you both are and how fun you make the show. I just started playing D with my family and was thinking of getting dice from fanrolldice.com. Yes, do it. They're cheap and they're awesome. And you can save yourself 10% off by using our promo code. Had to pop that in there, didn't you? Yep. (laughs) Any suggestions? All right, Ariel, this is the balls in your court. You are the dice dragon. Do you have any suggestions on dice for our fan, JJ Wolf? Yes. Okay, what do you got? Yes. Okay, well, it depends. Do you want metal dice? Because I highly recommend the gold metal dice. The solid, it's not solid gold, but you know what I mean, solid gold. Clearly, it's not real gold. Anyways, it's a smooth roll. A lot of the metal dice that have like the grooves and stuff in it, they roll a little clunkily. And this one is a smooth metal. And so it rolls very smoothly. So I like that. If you're looking for metal dice, if you're looking for resin dice. Oh, they have so many beautiful ones. I just got the simmering coal which is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But they have so many resin ones that are just so breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, If you are looking for like mini dice, like the tiny dice, uh, Daniel, who um, is in our other shows, he just got like what did he call it stardust galaxy or something and those are really pretty they're like a sparkly blue and those ones are really pretty he also got some sparkly purple ones which are pretty too but i i prefer the blue ones so i mean i guess just write back and say like what type of dice you would like and i will sh- 
be sure to give you some recommendations. Because I have lots of opinions. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> I was trying to keep it brief. That's okay. So, to finish up the email, it says, Also, I was wondering if you could do an episode on animals of the Zelda universe. Yes. Definitely going to happen. I hope you read this email and put it in your podcast. And remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. And there's a link to some merch, Ariel. Woohoo. What is it? <clears throat> Inspired Breath of the Wild Centaurs Lionel Building Kit. It is a Lego. That's right. You heard me. Lego Lionel. I want it. I need it. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Because in my wonderful little search here, you can also get a Bokoblin. You can get our parrot friend who plays the accordion. No. You can get Breath of the Wild Link. You can get the Temples. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can get the temples. Or I guess not the temples, the um, the shrines. That... I knew what I meant. <laughs> you can also get our Korok friends. You can get the Ocarina of Time link. There are a lot of options through this online store. So many so that I actually found one that I actually want, which is the Master Sword building kit, which has the Master Sword and the Master Sword pedestal Surrounded by a micro micro Hyrule village. Yes. So, at any rate, if you go to the link, we'll put in the show notes. Uh, you can scroll down and you can see all of the lovely little different options you have for these Lego kits. This one in particular, though, that we were sent is only fifty nine ninety nine. It is a giant, giant Lionel. I mean, it is 11 inches tall. I mean, when it's dangerous for me to go somewhere alone, I would for sure bring a Lionel. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> so, our next review comes to us from some brothers. You ready? So, I'm not going to say their names. Because they are younger, they're 7 and 11, so to protect their identities and things, you know, because we care about our listeners. Uh, but I will say they are from San Antonio, Texas. And uh, so the email is a thousand stars. Hello! My brother and I are epic fans of your podcast. I have only played Breath of the Wild, but I have a theory on Tears of the Kingdom. Link's arm can shapeshift into useful items and transportation like the hammer and the car. And if the Master Sword's broke, won't Fi be hurt or injured? Hmm. Oh. I like this Link's arm shapeshifting thing. That is pretty cool. It could be a thing. Yeah. It would be cool if it was. Our two young fans could have me onto something. <laughs> And to answer the question about Phi being hurt or injured, I don't know. It could be a thing. I know. I don't, I don't want, want it to think be. About it. No. So there is another question here. Uh, I have a question. Is it is ice, fire, or electric to choose more annoying? Yes. Just yes across the board. 
To be honest, I would say the electric ones are more annoying. <laughs> uh, yes, because you get shocked and stunned and your stuff goes everywhere. And mm-hmm. nope, mm-mm, annoying. And to finish off this lovely little email, it says, Can you please give me a shout out? You guys are the best. Aaron, Ariel, Kex, and Wolf. No. <laughs> Huge shout out to you two brothers. Mm-hmm. Huge shout out. So, I've got two more here. I know this is a little bit longer, but we got a lot of emails. So, this one comes to us from Jasper. It says, best LOZ pod in Termina. Oh, we're in Termina? Oh, apparently. (laughs) I have been listening ever since the beginning, and you guys have taught me so much about LOZ and all the little nitty gritty details on all of the characters and enemies plus the plot of all the games. I listen to you every day, and I'm thinking about getting some dice from FanRollDice.com because I'm getting into D&D, and I need me some dice. Hey, you can save yourself 10% <laughs> off by using our promo code. Uh, thank you so much for teaching me all of these LOZ facts that I can share with my friends and family, especially my dad. P.S. Here's my interpretation of Stone Talus. Dwayne A. Rock Johnson. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I love it. Yes. PPS. One question for you. What is your most embarrassing death in LOZ? Mine is when I got sniped by an Octorock at a half of a heart. Oh, no. Stupid (laughs) Octorock. I will say my most embarrassing death uh, was... When I was playing Ocarina of Time, I defeated Vavagia and then ran off the edge into the lava. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I think I got distracted. ADHD kicked in like high gear and I just kind of walked off the edge. I was a little salty on that one. I don't think it was supposed to either be lava either. I think it was supposed to like dry up and turn to like land or I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just know I died. (laughs) So that's my most embarrassing. What's yours? I don't even want to say. (laughs) Nope. This is now. Oh, gosh. All right. Final email. You ready? So this one comes to us from David. Says, Hello. I'm just kidding. It says, hi, love the show. (laughs) Listening to you talk about the Zonai when it popped into my head, the Zonai worshipped Link. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. The Sheikah worshipped Zelda and the Yiga worshipped Ganon. Okay. All right. It would balance things out if the Zonai were followers of Link's. It would even explain their barbarian motif despite being advanced. They're dressed up like fierce deity. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm liking this one. Me too. That could be a thing because David's not wrong. Very much is, you know, the Sheikah worship. They don't worship Zelda per se, but they definitely worship Hylia. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's you know, reincarnated into Zelda. So, by facto, yeah. And what we do know about the Yiga is in Age of Calamity, though it is not a canon game, the Yiga are 
not so much per se worshipping Ganon, but they are like siding with Ganon and worshipping what Ganon stands for to a degree. And it would only make sense, I guess, yeah, to have the Zonai worship Link. I never thought about that. Me neither. That's a cool one. Thank you for that one, David. That one... That's gotta, I gotta think on that one. I gotta think on that one. I like it. Hmm. So, <clears throat> I've got plenty more emails to go through, and I have tons of more reviews to go through, but we are running out of time here, so merch time, Ariel. Merch? Merch. What do you got? <clears throat> well, I got some pretty cool merch. Oh. So, this comes from Etsy, and the creator is Mammoth. And it is the Breath of the Wild Celestial Dragons, Nadra, Denral, and Farash acrylic keychains. I had to bring dragon merch to the dragon. Episode, <laughs> so. Oh, these are super cool. Uh, <clears throat> they are large clear acrylic charms measuring at about two and a half to three inches tall with double-sided art between two acrylic layers that protect the art from scratches. And they run at like $12. Nice. Even number $12 uh, a piece. So yeah, they are super cool. And I want one. I want a Denral one. I will say these things look super cool. I know. <laughs> And yeah, it's not a bad price either. No, twelve dollars isn't too bad at all. And there's no weird numbers, so that's what I brought. I will post the link to that in the show notes. Wheel. I was scouring the internet and looking for cool and crazy things. I just happened to find something from a company called Pyramid America, and it is on pre-order right now at GameStop. And the release date is currently 7-14-2023. And it is Legend of Zelda Rupee Paperweight Set 3-Packed with a collectible chest that makes the cool da -da 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 sound when you open it. And I love it so much. I know it is pretty sweet. So, uh, the description of this says you can never have enough rupees. Just ask anyone that has played any Zelda game. Add this Legend of Zelda rupee chest paperweight to your desk collection and you'll be talk of the office. Link would be proud of these rupees. The Zelda rupee chest paperweight weighs in a hefty five plus pounds. That's heavy. Yep, that is pretty heavy. Heavy enough to ensure that your office documents don't disappear on a journey of their own. This collectible set includes one blue, one green, and one rupee. Mm, one red rupee. <laughs> Each rupee weighs a pound, so feel free to spread these out. Don't let them too far out of your sight, though. <laughs> uh, the chest itself has the Hyrule Royal Family Crest, and kind of looks like kind of wood burnt in the inside of it. And then it also has the symbols for... I want to say, I want to say these are the symbols for the, yeah, these are the symbols for the golden goddesses engraved uh, on top, like on the back plate 
just above the rupees. And it's really cool how they have them set up too. Because they have, obviously, it's, you know, the colors of the Golden Goddesses are red, green, and blue. And then they have the red, green, and blue rupees set up in a way. It's pretty cool. Uh, but the rupees look like genuine action rupees that you would see in the game. And the chest is really nicely ornately designed. It's just super nice. The price, however, $129.99. They couldn't have just made it $130. <laughs> Never! <laughs> uh, but that is my merch item for today. It is a super cool merch it item. It really is. I want to pre-order it, but I just don't have the money. I just don't have the money. <laughs> you don't have the rupees to buy rupees? I don't have the rupees to buy rupees. But anyway, that is it for the mid-break. Ariel, you don't have to do a commercial today. Nope. You advertise fan roll dice left and right today. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But you know what I didn't do? Mm. I didn't tell them what the promo code was. Okay, go for it. So, uh, if you, you know, need some dice, want to look at some dice, just roll on over to fanrolldice.com and use our promo code almightyc10, which is a l l mighty, the letter c10. And save yourself 10% off on a set of pretty wickedly sweet dice. They are pretty wickedly sweet. <laughs> yes, they are. I have a few sets of their dice, and I love them. So, yes, do it. Do it now. <sighs> I'll have the link for that and the promo code in the show notes. And you know what I forgot? Oh? I didn't forget, actually. But you know what I forgot? Oh, gosh. What? Is it by chance? Ocarina. You were supposed to let me sit. Okay. Hey, you wanted me to do the sponsors, so here I am doing the sponsors. <laughs> so anyways, head on over to STL Ocarina, use our promo code LOZLORE10, and save yourself 10% off on a beautiful Ocarina. Do it, because it's worth it. I do want to kick us back to something serious before you end this mid-break, because an ad uh, reminded me Last episode, I dropped info on a potential new switch for Legend of Zelda. Well, I was deeply saddened to find out that that SKU that was in GameStop's inventory was for none other than a Mario Day switch. Yes, 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 yes. So if you're into Mario and you want a yes. Mario themed switch, yes. Uh, you can get that now yes. uh, at GameStop. It is out. It is released. It is limited edition, and it is a Nintendo Switch uh, second. Or it's a Nintendo Switch two. It's like the second run of the switches. Uh, so it is not an OLED, but it does come with two red Joy-Con controllers and one free digital game of your choice. Out of it looks like Mario Kart. Uh, Super Mario Deluxe and Mario Odyssey. So, it's still a pretty cool buy for Mario fans. I'd have to get the Mario Deluxe. 
because I have Odyssey and Mario Kart. You so. do. I'm just disappointed it's not much of Zelda, but whatever. I didn't want the fans to still keep their hopes up. I just wanted to drop some factual news. I know you're disappointed because an LOZ switch would be pretty sweet, but come on, Mario is just as sweet too. Not to me. <laughs> and this is why I'm so mean to you uh, all true. the time. True. That but among anyway. like a million other reasons. <laughs> well, anyway. I guess it's time to come back from our mid-break to talk more dragons! <laughs> well, we're back. And it's the end of the episode. It's awful endily in here. No, you missed your mark. You should have said middly. It's awful endily in here. <laughs> All right, Ariel. I'm ready for dragons. Are you ready for dragons? Always ready for <clears throat> dragons. All right. Here's my interpretation of the next one. I've got two for this one. Okay. Yes. So first one is can't figure out how many heads I'm supposed to have. <laughs> or it's Halloween everyday dragon. I like the first one better. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll explain why I have that one. Nah. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna go into Gleox. Gleox. So Gleox appears in The Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, and Phantom Hourglass. Yes. They are large green dragons with two to four heads, depending <laughs> on the dragon. <laughs> they have two legs and blue wings. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... In The Legend of Zelda, there are several Gleoks. In the first quest, a two-headed version guards the fourth piece of Triforce in level four, which is located within the lake area of central Hyrule. A three-headed one is a mini-boss in level six, found, found nearby passing through the graveyard. A four-headed one guards the piece of Triforce in level eight, located under a lone bush blocking Link's path in the forest to the southeast. So in the second quest, a two-headed one guards a piece of Triforce in level two, located in a stairway hidden under an Armos statue in the western part of Hyrule. A three-headed one in level five, located within the lake area of central Hyrule, and a four-headed one in level seven, located in the forest to the southeast, just west of level eight in the first quest. Yeah, I know. Lots of information thrown at you. Uh, what? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so that's how many Gleoks are in The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, there's game. a lot of them. Not the series, the game. So. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yep. So in Oracle of Seasons, a two-headed Gleok resides in the Explorer's Crypt, which is located within the graveyard in the southwest corner of Holodrum. Listeners, you can't see this because this is a podcast. Aaron's <laughs> eating my cookies. <laughs> in Phantom Hourglass, a two-headed Gleok is located at the Temple of Ice and is a guardian of the Ozarin Steel. This Gleok has a red and blue head. It's a little different than the other ones. Spewing fireballs and frigid ice. So you got a fire and ice gliok. 
So Gleox attack using fireballs, contact, and beams. Its weakness is its heads. Though once cut off, the heads will float around, still attacking. All of the heads must be cut off and the body destroyed to defeat the Gleox. Swords and bombs are effective weapons. Oh. So that is the Gleok. And the Gleok is not the name of the dragon. It's just the name of the species of dragon. You know what I mean? It's not. Mm-hmm. They don't have names. Nobody named them like George or Bob or, you know. I feel like those are not dragon names at all. Yeah. If I was attacked by George the dragon... I'd be terrified. Bob the magic dragon. It's Puff. (laughs) Puff. So I got some fun little facts about Gleox here. In The Legend of Zelda, there's an unused variant of Gleox with one head within the game's code. I'm kind of glad they didn't use it, though. Yeah, because those aren't really Gleox. No, that would be more of the next one. but Yeah. Boo. (laughs) Gleok is the only boss from The Legend of Zelda to not appear in the broadcast Satellaview remake. Huh. Never knew that. The masks Gleok wear in Phantom Hourglass are similar to that of the Helmarok King. Without their masks, they also bear a striking resemblance to Baloo. I can see that one. Yeah. I can see that one. The final battle phase with the head of Stalord and Twilight Princess may be a, an homage to the severed heads of Gleok in the original The Legend of Zelda. So I'm glad you brought this up and I'm going to stop you for a moment here if I can I know our listeners are gonna be like why are we're gonna go through this whole episode and we're not gonna talk about Stalord because Stalord isn't really a dragon by description it is a beast we'll go in more in depth when we get to Twilight Princess on it but just know that we do acknowledge that you might be like what the heck <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple in in here that I haven't covered, mm-hmm. like Blizzagia, which I was going to get to that after I got through yeah. all the dragons, but here Aaron throws it in here, so I'll throw, <laughs> I'll just say that here. Like Blizzagia, some see as a dragon, some don't. It was classified as a snake-like creature, mm-hmm. so it didn't have that dragon yeah. Thing, so that's why I didn't cover Blizzagia, though Blizzagia is said to be related to Volvagia. Yeah. So that would insinuate dragon, but yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> and Volga, I'm not going into Volga mm-hmm. because it's it's a whole thing. So yeah. So yeah, there's some that didn't make the cut. <laughs> but anyway, more interesting facts. So, the series sometimes uses variants of Gleok with different names. Minish Cap with Gleerock and Cadence of Hyrule with Gleokenspiel. 
that one was great. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then the last fun little fact here I have is Gliok was possibly inspired by the Lernaean Hydra from Greek mythology. I could see that. Yeah, Hydras have multiple heads. Mm-hmm. So. Big body, little heads. <laughs> so that is what I have on Gliok. All right, you ready for this next one? Yes. Okay, I played with a couple, but this is the one I settled on. Uh, because it has, it's very weird. It has two different, like, artwork styles, but I went with the one that actually appears in the game. So this is the Bulldog Dragon. The Bulldog Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> this one is called Aquamentus. He's big boy. <laughs> Bulldog. The way he stands, it's very bulldoggy. Instead of a roar, it's a woof. <laughs> so, Aquamentus appears in The Legend of Zelda and Oracle of Seasons. It's a green dragon with four legs, smaller wings, and a horn on its head. It has the appearance of a mixture between a unicorn and a dragon. And now I'm going to insert a mixture of a bulldog. <laughs> so, in The Legend of Zelda, Aquamentus is the boss of level 1 and 7 in the first quest, and level 1 in the second quest. Aquamentus guards a fragment of the Triforce of Wisdom. It also appears in level 4 and level 8 in the second quest, but only walks back and forth slowly and shoots a group of three fireballs every once in a while. In Oracle of Seasons, Aquamentus dwells in the Gnarled Root Dungeon, located in North Horon. It guards the first essence of nature Link needs to acquire, the fertile soil. Not only does Aquamentus have the same attacks as in The Legend of Zelda, it can also charge across the room now. So yay. Yay. That was fun. Bulldog charge. <laughs> Aquamentus attacks with beams, horn, contact, and fireballs. Its weaknesses are swords, bombs, bow, and magical rod. Like most other dragons, its element is fire. However, misleading by its name. Aquamentus. Yeah, that did really confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So, so far we've had several dragons and not a single one of them has any other element but fire. So far. So far. We're getting close. Mm -hmm. Don't you worry. So I have like two little fun facts here. The Gnarled Root Dungeon in Oracle of Seasons resembles level one from The Legend of Zelda. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. So it was only fitting that Aquamentus was there. Of course. So, the two different appearances of Aquamentus in the first quest of The Legend of Zelda have the same exact attack power and amount of damage required to defeat, even though they appear on different ends of the game, in the first and the seventh dungeon, respectively. Yeah, I did notice that, too. You're the same. You're the same. 
All right. All right. All right. We've talked a lot about some enemy dragons, say Valu. Mm-hmm. How about we get into some good dragons? Our friendly neighborhood dragons. Yes. All right. You ready? Yes. This one is the Shogun Dragon. The Shogun Dragon. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. The Shogun. Really gives me a Shogun vibe. Oh, boy. This is Elden. <laughs> and he is one of the three dragons who protect and oversee the surface in Skyward Sword. He is a dragon deity that is tasked by the goddess Hylia to watch over Elden Volcano. He claims a cave at the volcano's summit as his home. His element is fire and has the title, the fire dragon. Hmm. Fire. Weird. I love fire. <laughs> fire is my favorite element, but I digress. Elden was also tasked by Hylia to inherit part of the song of the hero and teach it to the chosen hero. Elden, along with Farron and Lanayru and Levias, though Levias is not a dragon, guard one part of the Song of the Hero. During the events of Skyward Sword, Elden emits a burst of power, causing an eruption at Elden Volcano. After Link escapes the Bokoblins and finds Elden, Elden apologizes for the eruption and teaches him his part of the song. Elden, along with the others, will sing while Link plays it inside the Thunderhead. Which that's a little bit later on. Uh, Elden is quite the chatty dragon. <laughs> he even speaks of things outside his own realm. He loves telling stories and will tell Link the history of Elden Volcano, as well as various other stories. He will also tell Link about the other two dragons. He speaks of Farron being strong-willed and how Link should be careful in dealing with her lest he be eaten. He's not wrong, though. It do be true. It, yeah. <laughs> he also speaks of Lanayru and his obsession with his prized treasure, a legendary shield. None other than the Hylian shield. Yes. <laughs> Elden also considers Lanayru to be wily, and his trials are not as easy as they appear if he sees anyone as promising. Yeah, I will attest to this. They are hard. <laughs> yeah. So, a couple little fun facts here. Elden is likely named after the goddess Din. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And in French, his name is Orden. Really? Yep. Huh. That is our friendly neighborhood fire dragon. Shogun. Oh, sorry. Shogun. <laughs> dragon. You ready for the next one? Yes. I kept a theme here. This one is our geisha dragon. Our geisha dragon. Ugh, I don't see her as a geisha. The way she, like, is dressed and like but not that attitude that attitude is very geisha mm. uh, very geisha like in your face like I know what I want like we're, we're talking like like I don't remember the word for it but like boss geisha like she the boss <laughs> Ooh, we are getting into not PG territory here oh 
So <laughs> I'll just, you know, continue on here. Farron. 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 <laughs> she is one of the three dragons who protect and oversee the surface. She is a prideful dragon deity who watches over Lake Floria and the Pirellas. Very prideful. Not only tasked with a part of the Song of the Hero, Farron was also tasked by the goddess Furor to safeguard her flame. Her element is water. Look, we now have mm. a different element dragon. Water. Agua. 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 And has the title, The Water Dragon. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so during the events of Skyward Sword, Farron was attacked by Girahim in an attempt to find a way to reach Zelda. Farron was badly wounded and left to die. She set herself in a basin filled with sacred water to heal, though the water loses its special properties. Farron becomes surprised and angry when Link intrudes into her home. She calms down, though, once she notices he has the water dragon scale, which can only be carried by the goddess's chosen hero. She asks Link to retrieve more sacred water for her basin so she can heal, and in return, she'll tell him where Furore's sacred flame is. But Farron also wants to know if Link is actually the chosen hero, being forever skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a little test. Yeah. So when Link returns, she she fully heals and becomes her full size again. Farron later on decided to try and get rid of the monsters invading Farron Woods. She got the bright idea to flood the forest. <laughs> she goes inside the great tree and just like that, flood. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So Link finds her there and wants to learn her version of the Song of the Hero. And still always skeptical, she issues another task for Link to prove himself. I think he's proven himself by this point. Yeah. So she sends him on a hunt for Tad Tones. She hid in the forest. And of course, Link succeeds, and she finally relents and teaches him her portion of the song. She then finally drains the water from the forest. <laughs> okay, I guess, you know, you, you must be the chosen hero, so let me just get rid of this water. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Baron. Well. Yes. Any fun little facts? I do. Ah! Yes, I do. So Farron flooding the woods as an attempt to eradicate evil beings from her land is similar to many historical flood myths. Yeah. Farron is likely named after the goddess for Of course. So I've got, these ones are fun. Okay. These ones are fun. Farron bears a vague resemblance to the Zora both being generally humanoid, semi-aquatic, blue-skinned species with somewhat fish-like characteristics that live in large, fresh-body water. The water dragon scale is also similar to the silver and gold scale. Mm -hmm. So, 
Are you ready for this one? Are you going to have a groundbreaking, mind-collapsing theory? Yeah. Because I I feel that coming on. I do. Oh, boy. I do. So, theory time. Okay. The Zora are either descendants or creations of Farron. Okay, so... That okay, that's not really mind collapsing. I kind of figured as much. Okay, yeah. but if you'd let me continue on with my theory. Uh oh. Farron can create life as seen by the Tadtones. She created the Tadtones. And the Tadtones are potentially the early forms of Zora as they resemble the Zora babies in Majora's mask. Tadpoles and musically inclined. So that just further supports that. Sorry, my brain broke because I really wanted it to be the Pirellas. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, Tad Towns is one of those things I just kind of forgot about. But, dang it, I think you might be on something here. And I may have to completely collapse what I said at the very beginning of this podcast series. Uh, because, yeah, the Tad Towns. They not only are musically inclined, but make sheet music for you to learn songs, which Mm -hmm. is similar to what they do in Majora's Mask when they are first born as Zora babies. Uh, Zoras are always musically inclined, no matter what game we've seen them in, in some degree or shape or form. Dang it. I think it might be Tad Tones. (laughs) Oh... You're welcome. (laughs) It's okay. I can be wrong sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes? (laughs) All right. Next dragon. Is the grandpa dragon. Aw. He is kind of pops, isn't he? He is very pops. Pops dragon. He's very pops dragon. This is Lanayru. Poor pops. This is actually sad, but ends in a good note sad. So anyways, let me get into Lin Eiru. He is the oldest of the three dragons that protect the surface. He was tasked to protect Lin Eiru province in service of Hylia and tasked with a part of the Song of the Hero. He has power over thunder. So now we got another element. <laughs> thunder. And has the title, the Thunder Dragon. Thunder, thunder, thunder dragon. <laughs> I'm not going to finish it. Go ahead. <laughs> so, Lanayru has neglected his health for a little too long. Yeah. And unfortunately has passed away during the events of Skyward Sword. Link goes to find him for his portion of the song and instead finds his skeletal remains. Sad. Mm-hmm. But here's the happy part. Link activates a time shift stone and goes back in time to when Lanayru is alive. However, Lanayru is gravely ill and can't perform his portion of the song. Lanayru says the ancient robots were worried about him and his lack of taking care of his health and planted a seed from the tree of life in the gorge. The life tree fruit has the ability to cure all illnesses. However, the seed can't grow into the tree due to the heat of the desert. 
So Link takes the seedling and plants it in the temple of Hylia, goes to the present, grabs a fruit, goes back to the past, and gives it to Lanayru. <laughs> Lanayru is now healed and super happy. He teaches Link his part of the song and tells him if he comes back, he can play his lightning round minigame, where Link could potentially win his prized Hylian shield. <sighs> and it took so long to do. <laughs> so Lanayru chills in the past after he's healed, though, only being seen in the present when the three dragons and Levias teach Link the full song of the hero. His bones have disappeared in the present after he's healed, though. So he must be enjoying his lost time in the past or something. Uh, I was dead and now I'm back. I'm going to go do stupid stuff. <laughs> uh, I know. I It doesn't explain why he doesn't ever appear again in the present except for that one time. But... He, oh. was, he was just doing dragon things. Yeah, he just he wanted to make up for those years that he was dead, you know. That he never had to experience because he was dead. <laughs> but now he's alive. Oh, so. oh, time manipulation hurts brain. <laughs> so this is a funny little fact about Lanayru. So Lanayru doesn't think Link's name is much of a name. <laughs> And gives him a model number, <laughs> which is LD Link 16. LD signifying that they all came from the Lanayru Desert, they as in the ancient robots. 16 is for Skyward Sword being the 16th installment in the Legend of Zelda franchise, excluding ports, remakes, CDI games, and spinoffs. So that's where LD Link 16 comes from. That's so cold. <laughs> the Nehru burnt our boy Link. Bad. Yeah, you're not that special. You're like the 16th version of yourself. Burn. And then, of course, Lanayru is likely to be named after the goddess Nehru. Yep. I like how they put it at the end of this one though like if you notice it's Elden Foron and then it's Lanayru it's at the end it's not at the beginning Lanayru Lanayru sheesh <laughs> fine you ready for the next one yes <clears throat> angry fire ram dragon angry fire ram dragon yeah so now we're getting into the Breath of the Wild Dragons. <laughs> and Aaron is talking about Dinral, which there you go. It's at the beginning of the names now. Uh -huh. El Din, Dinral. Dinral. So anyways, uh, Dinral is said to be a spirit of fire. That transforms into a dragon. The spirit takes on a dragon form. Yeah, I don't know, but there you go. So, Dinral roams the Elden region and protects and guards the Spring of Power. It also roams around Great Hyrule Forest, Akala, and Hebra. Dinral has no ill will towards people and won't actively try to harm Link, 
However, if Link gets too close, he will be seared by the fire emanating from it. I just want to point out the obvious. Dinral protects the Eldin region. Yep. I'm not going to get into all of that until we get into <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Okay, okay, okay. Because you're going to say the same exact thing about the next one. What's I, the next one, Aaron? Yeah, uh, the next one <clears throat> is uh, none other than a majestic lightning bolt. A majestic lightning bolt. I like that one, actually. <laughs> I really like that one. Majestic, majestic lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. And that's Farosh. <laughs> Now, Farash is said to be a spirit of lightning, taking on the form of a dragon. Farash roams the Farron region. What? Yep. I think there's something going on here. Oh, boy. And serves the Spring of Courage. It also roams the Gerudo Highlands, flying around Gerudo Summit. And... Same thing, has no ill will towards people, won't actively attack Link. But if Link gets too close, it, he will get zapped with electricity. And make you drop your shield and sword. Yes. <gasps> so what's next one? Uh, Elsa the dragon. Elsa the dragon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're not wrong, though. <clears throat> Let it go. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. A little bit more so than what you think, probably. Nadra. Huh? I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> so, Nadra is said to be this, a spirit of ice taking on the form of a dragon. Nadra is first encountered at the peak of Mount Laneru and is covered in malice. <sighs> bom, bom, bom. You know, kind of evil like Elsa was. Yeah, she, wasn't she wasn't evil, evil. but she's misunderstood. Evil. Misunderstood. Anyways, <laughs> once purified, Nadra will roam the area around Mount Laneru as well as East Nakluda regions. Nadra serves the Spring of Wisdom. And same thing, no ill will, won't attack, but get too close you get frozen <laughs> which that was a pain in the butt yes very much so so yeah there's not much on the breath of the wild dragons yet 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 but right now there's not that much on it i am gonna make a little thing here though that like, these three dragons don't attack and can't be killed however they can be hit and shards will drop from them. So you have four things in total from each of the dragons. You get a shard of a horn, shard of a fang, claw, or scale. So you can farm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like this aspect of the game. I'm not gonna lie. I loved Breath of the Wild, but I didn't like this aspect. It was kinda, it felt cruel to me. These dragons that do nothing to you don't attack you, don't harm you. Yeah, if you get too close, but that's kind of common sense here. Like, they're just there. Let them be. But no, you have to get these parts from them to do things. And I didn't like that, to be honest. 
Yeah, it was something that kind of bothered me, but it was also another thing that bothered me mechanical wise was the fact that the hit boxes on these things, like, because obviously in order to get certain parts, you had to hit certain areas. The hit boxes on them seemed very give and take. Like, I would hit the front end right in the tooth or the fang, and I would get a shard of a horn. Did you use the Twilight Bow? Of course not. Uh, that's what I used. It worked pretty well for me. I couldn't get the Twilight Bow, remember? <laughs> get good. Get good, scrub. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't know. I just I felt like it was a cruel, unnecessary aspect of the game. Well, I mean, that I totally agree with. I mean, it, we've never had to hurt our friends before in these games. And now all of a sudden we got to take pop shots at the dragons because we need their horns. Yeah, I didn't like it. Nah. I loved the dragons. Mm-hmm. I just hated the aspect that we had to attack them to get stuff from them. They didn't even, they don't bother us. Leave them alone. I would have much rather been like, we have to sacrifice something. Like, you leave apples in this little bowl at the Spring of Courage and you'll get, you know, a scale. You leave cooked meat and you'll get, you know, a horn. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been cooler to have, like, basically you're feeding the dragons and you get something in return for it. That would have been better. I wouldn't have minded that at all. No. But yeah. Um, those are the dragons. Roar. Roar. <laughs> I love dragons. I loved the appearance of the three dragons from Breath of the Wild. Very terrifying, very menacing, very large. I immediately ran away when I ran into Farash the first time. <laughs> I was like, that's a dragon, and it's much bigger than me. I run the other way. They they were breathtaking. They were. Absolutely breathtaking, beautiful creatures. Absolutely beautiful creatures. So you're talking about their appearance and how lovely they were in this game so how do you feel about going from this more western dragon style in the older games to more of this more of this like eastern style of dragon I kind of like it okay there are elements of like the more western style dragons mm -hmm. that I like like uh the wings. Yeah. And st stuff like that. I like that part. But the more eastern, the more snake-like creatures with no wings. I think they're pretty. I think they're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I do too. <sighs> the other thing too is I like this because Legend of Zelda as a whole screams more like the way the world is kind of forged and built I know they were going for more of like a European medieval vibe but like the fantasy itself and the way the creatures look and appear throughout the series and the stories that we're you know the, the underlining stories like the Kokiri and you know all these things they seem more Eastern style mythology to me. So I'm cool 
with the dragons taking on more of an Eastern appearance. It just makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I do like, though, how they tried to sprinkle in variations. So they had Eastern dragons. They had Western dragons. They introduced a wyvern. And then they introduced a hydra. I'm just going to call the Gleok a hydra. (laughs) So they started introducing other forms of dragons, and I really liked that. Just a little touch here and there of something different. I do too, honestly. You know, I don't want to see our Western or even European dragons gone. But I do like the fact that our main dragons, our main, like, our besties are more of this Eastern styling. Because, like you said, they're the more beautiful, majestic looking ones. And I feel like our besties should be more majestic and beautiful than the big baddies because we're going to kill the big baddies anyway. So, (laughs) so we drag and talked. We did. So what is next for us? What should we do next? Hmm. Let's see. Have we delayed enough? Should we go to the next game? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to delay us one more time then. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, the next thing we're going to cover is still a little bit of a fun little topic that we're going to do, but it has to do with the next game we're covering, mm-hmm. which is Twilight Princess. Yes. So why don't you say what we're going to do next? So, instead of diving just straight into Twilight Princess, especially when... These spe- the specific topic that we're going to talk about next episode is very important and all-encompassing in Twilight Princess itself. We're going to take a nice little sink into the deep end. We're going to start with the Twi'le and the Uka as our next episode. Yeah. We're going to get them out of the way, talk about the down and dirties with them, and then we can dive into our next episode, which is... After that, which is Twilight Princess. Are you ready for this? Gobble, gobble. What? You'll understand next episode. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Thank you for listening. And tune in next week. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.